In Mark chapter 10 it says, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of, of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. Uh-oh, lost myself for a second there. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they call the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and he came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received the sight and followed Jesus in the way. If you would, for just a moment, put down your Bibles and lift up your hands. And let's lift our hearts up to God and begin to pray. Lord Jesus, I pray, God, that you would anoint this word, God. God, anoint me, Lord Jesus, to deliver it, Lord God, as you gave it to me, Lord. And I pray, Jesus, you'd begin to speak and minister in this house, God, that lives and hearts, Lord, that in this house today, God, will be spoken to, Lord Jesus, that people will be changed. God, that lives will be moved, Lord God, and be ministered to in this house. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, God, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to you for just a moment from the title of When the Master Stops. When the Master Stops. You can be seated real quickly. Bartimaeus, if you read a little bit about him in history, if you read a commentary or two, you'll quickly find that Bartimaeus was not simply a blind man, but he was a man that was born from birth, blind with this condition. And this was not only something that was given to him, but this was something that when his father uh, uh, had him, he also was born with this condition. And some commentators will even let you know and begin to think that maybe this was a genetic thing, something that was passed down from uh, grandfather to, uh, to son to, to his son and so on and so forth and the name Bartimaeus what it simply means is son of Timaeus see Bartimaeus was a man who was born with this condition because his father Timaeus before him also was born blind Timaeus when they was uh, uh, having this child I'm sure uh, the, the mother uh, when she had born Bartimaeus when they had gotten him and they pulled him out and they sat there and began to reach out to Timaeus they asked him they said what do you want to name him? And they began to talk to him about all these things. And when he found out that he was given the same condition that Timaeus had lived with from his entire life, Timaeus said, we're going to call him Bartimaeus. See, this name didn't just recognize who his father was, but this also signified the condition that he was born with also. This wasn't something that his parents picked out of the name book because it sounded cool or it was something that was nice for him to have or something that they wanted to give him but this was a stigma given to him from his birth this was an inherited blindness a sin nature so to speak because everybody that saw Timaeus and everybody that saw Bartimaeus immediately assumed that it was something that they had done that was giving them this condition John 9 and 2 it says in his disciples eyes saying master who did sin that this man uh, that this man or his parents that he was born blind See, this was common culture in the Jewish uh, 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 background in Israel at this point in time that they thought that whenever you were born with blindness, that something had happened in your life that your father or the fathers before you had caused this curse on you, this thing on you for you to be born with this issue. But Bartimaeus had one thing to look forward to in his life, 
And that was his name, Timaeus. See, the name Timaeus meant that he was highly prized. And so I just want to encourage somebody tonight for just a moment real quick that just because you were born as a blind man and just because you were born as a sinner in this world doesn't mean that you're not God's prized possession. Come on, somebody. You may not have been born in the right family with the right background and the right apostolic pedigree, but God's looking to change somebody's condition tonight. God's looking to change somebody's situation in their life tonight. Though you may have been born sin uh, with sin in your life and sin in your, in your heart and blindness in your spirit, God's wanting to change somebody's Bartimaeus condition tonight if you will let them begin to work in their lives. You may not be valuable in the world's standards, church family. Somebody under the sound of my voice, you may think that you're not valuable in the world's standards or in God's eyes. You may not even see the value in yourself, but God, but to God, you're worth absolutely everything to Him. To God, you are valuable. Mark chapter 8 and 36 says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You see, Jesus values just one soul to the entire world and everything else in it. So it doesn't matter how far gone you went or how bad your past behind you may seem like and what all the traditions of your family before you were like, young people. All those things before you don't matter whenever Jesus steps on the scene because when God sees that, He says, that one lost soul that's hungry to find me in that place of where I'm walking through and passing by their lives is worth everything to me and they'll just cry out to me. Amen? Bartimaeus heard that this was Jesus of Nazareth. It was no question who Jesus was in his eyes because before Jesus had come along, nobody had ever been healed of being blind. Not in all of the Old Testament or the New up to the point when Jesus had stepped on the scene. The only time he had done it before was in the chapter of John chapter 9. And so Bartimaeus, whenever he had heard that Jesus was passing by that day in Jericho, he decided that he wasn't going to miss his opportunity. Can I get an amen from somebody? Whenever Jesus begins to walk by in, this, in the aisles of this place and in the altars and coming to the church sometimes in this place, I encourage you in this house tonight to not miss your opportunity. Amen? It was because of this, uh, 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 this point in his life that he had decided that he wasn't going to miss his opportunity, his chance to have a miracle done in his life. The people around him, if you read the, the chapter, we read it before, it talks about how the people around him tried their hardest to silence him. But there's a parable in the Bible that talks about it. It says that the man come to the guy in the middle of the night, knocking on the door, seeking bread for his family. And he said, we're asleep, go away. But it was because of that man's importunity, his persistence to bang on the door and to keep pressing and to keep knocking. I wonder if there's anybody in this house tonight that if God told you that you could get your miracle tonight, that you could get your deliverance in this house tonight, that if you asked once and it didn't happen, if you could ask again and it didn't happen, and you kept pressing, and because of importunity, God stepped onto the scene. If God would begin to start working in those lives and those hearts in this house tonight, if you would begin to press and push the mark in this house tonight, if you would still do it because of importunity. Culture wouldn't allow him, but he pressed on anyhow. Why? Because Bartimaeus knew what would stop the master. He knew what it would take to stop Jesus that day. You could be sure that Bartim Bartimaeus had heard about the man who had had mud balls stuck in his eyes. 
to have a healing done in his life. The first blind man ever healed was in John chapter 1, uh, chapter 9, and starting at verse 1, if uh, Sister Farrah would turn with that, or Brother Jason back there would turn with us quickly to that. And it says, starting at verse 1, it says, And Jesus passed by, and he saw a man which is blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. See, Jesus was trying to point out to the people around him who he was whenever he healed this first blind man. He was trying to show them because there was a prophecy that said that he had to heal blinded eyes and raise the dead and the deaf to hear again and the dumb to have their tongues loosed. And that's what Jesus was doing right here. Jesus was doing this to reveal that he was the Messiah, not just because somebody wanted to be healed. If you go on to verse 6, it says, And when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and thus made clay and spittle and he anointed the eyes of that man. We'll skip down to verse 13. It says, And they brought this man to the Pharisees, him that aforetime was blind. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. And then again the Pharisee also asked him how he had received his sight. And he said unto him, He put clay upon my eyes and washed and do see, and therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. And others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was division among them. And they say unto the blind man again, What sayest thou of him that hath opened thine eyes? And he said, He is a prophet. If you'll skip down real quickly, the last little piece of Scripture, starting at verse 24, and it says, Then again called they the man that was blind, and said unto him, Give God praise. We know that this man is a sinner. Talking about Jesus. This was the Pharisees. He answered and said, this is the blind man. Whether he be a sinner or not, I know not. One thing I do know, that whereas I was blind and now see. And then said they to him again, what did he to thee? And how opened he thine eyes? And he said unto them, I have told you already. And you did not hear, wherefore would you hear it again? Will you also be his disciples? And then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. And we now, uh, know that God spake unto Moses as far as fellow, and we know not from whence he is. And the man answers and said unto them, Why herein is a marvelous thing that ye uh, know, know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. And now listen to this scripture right here. And it says, Now we know not, and we know that God heareth not sinners. This is the man speaking to the Pharisees. Now we know that, that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Whenever Bartimaeus was hearing that scripture, I'm sure that he got it in his mind. He said, I know one thing, that whenever that happened in John chapter 9, that when that man said that worshipers are the ones that Jesus stops for, worshipers are the ones that God hears over all the noise and all the confusion that day when they was heading to Jericho Jesus heard Bartimaeus and he stood still in the middle of all the press because that man cried out and he said Jesus thou son of David have mercy on me because Jesus hears worshipers church family Jesus hears the worshipers over all the other things in the entire world Come on, I wish somebody would worship God for just a moment real quickly. If you would begin to worship God in this place today, He could turn your life around. He could change your life. He could turn your, your world upside down, so to speak. 
The scripture says that Bartimaeus cried a great deal. It wasn't by no accident that he did that church family. It was because Bartimaeus understood something that was important. That the apostolic church has the whole dear to. And that's that worship stops the master. Amen. It wasn't going to let anyone or anything stop his worship. Not people. Not tradition. Not society. Not his past. So I ask you today, who's stopping your worship in this house today? Don't let anybody stop your worship, church family. Don't let anybody stop your praise, young people. Don't let anybody stop you from magnifying the King of kings and the Lord of lords. <laughs> because worship stops the master. Amen. Amen. I mentioned it before and I'll say it again. Jesus had already healed one person before. It wasn't because Jesus had to stop to heal Bartimaeus, but it was because of Bartimaeus' ability to, to reach out to Jesus because of who he was. And he had a realization that he was the Messiah. He had a realization that he was the mighty God in Christ. And he cried out to him, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they tried to silence him, and Bartimaeus cried the more, they said. And he cried out again, and he said, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. And then Jesus stopped in the middle of his tracks on his way to go do something that was more important, maybe in most people's eyes. And he said, stop and bring this man to me, because I've got to stop, and I've got to listen to what my worshipers have to say. If you're wanting to get into the presence of God, if you're wanting to see the glory fall, if you're wanting to see an issue worked out in your life, then you've got to find a place and an opportunity to get a hold to the ear of the Master. And the only way through that is through worship, church family. The next thing that Bartimaeus did is he cast off his outer garment. And the reason why that's important is because this was the stigma that was given to him from the day he was born. Whenever he was given the name Bartimaeus, they knew the cloak that he was going to have to wear the rest of his life. A beggar's cloak, a blind man's cloak, the lowest of the low. The ones that relied on everybody else to give my living, to give my sustenance. The one that relies on everybody else around me. The blind man that was a sinner by no cause of his own. Every one of us were sinners by no cause of our own at one point. Amen. And this outer garment represented that. And whenever Jesus called him up, he stepped out in faith immediately. And he cast that thing off because he said to himself, he said, I'm not going to go before the master with anything on me that's going to give me a stigma before him. So I'm going to clean off all of the things that hold me up. Tw Hebrews 12 and 1 says it like this. This is wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. So I ask you today, if you are able for one opportunity and one chance to catch the ear of the Master, if you will lay aside your past and all of your problems, if you will lay aside all of the stigmas and all the things that have weighed heavy on your mind and on your heart, just like David did whenever he was worshiping before the ark, he threw off his clean kingly garments. And you'd say, why would you do that, David? Why would you throw off something that made you high in position? Because the same thing that would make a man low in the eyes of God, so to speak, 
as a blind man would make a man have pride in his heart also. David threw off those kingly garments so that a man like Bartimaeus and a man like David could enter and be equals before the eyes of God. So you have nothing that God can't remove and make you equal with the person that's a five-year generation apostolic Pentecostal and the one that just walked in the door yesterday. Because when God washes away all those sins, it's a fresh start for you just like it's a fresh start for me. Amen. It doesn't matter your past and it doesn't matter your problems and how much God had to bring you from. It doesn't matter all of those things because when you take off that cloak, come on somebody, whenever you take off that cloak and God begins to see those things ripped off of your back and all those things torn away from you, there's nothing that he sees anymore but a fresh beginning and a fresh start. Amen. I'm almost done. Stand with me. I don't think my voice can stand it much longer. <laughs> the Bible says that Jesus healed that man not because of anything other than the fact that he desired to. It wasn't because he was asked to. It wasn't because of that's where he was going or anything like that. It was because of somebody who reached out and said that I have to worship and catch the ear of the master because I'm in desperate straits and I've heard about what he can do, amen. The last time worship was done outside the walls of, was, well, outside of Jericho was when the walls of Jericho had failed. And that was whenever people had shouted them down, whenever they was marching around those walls and those strongholds were broken before they conquered the city of Jericho, amen. That was the last time somebody had shouted in scripture outside of Jericho. So I wonder for a moment here in this place tonight, if anybody's in this house that's looking for a fresh beginning, a new start, that's looking for that deliverance, that place in your life, that breakthrough, if you could come down in this altar today worshiping God and seeking His face for the move that you need to have in your life, because God's willing to meet you in the altar tonight, if you're willing to worship Him, if you're willing to find Him in this house tonight, amen? So if you would, take somebody by the hand next to you and come down to this altar.